Hey, welcome we back. We did bar down we breakdown. We're here again. Uh, this is episode one something something 42. My god, we it got is like so one many. after 141. That's how it works, Tom. I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not a maths guy. What I am is a calling all captains guy. We've got Nick, uh, he's here. Uh, you know, slowly getting better. Just came out like two weeks ago. It is a fucking banger of a record. Uh, it's awesome. I really love it. Uh, I have a copy on the clear with red and green. That's limited to 250. That means only 249 other suckers have that record, but I'm sure they're all enjoying it just as I have. So, uh, Nick, pleasure to have you. I'm stoked to talk about the new record and some Oilers talk and, you know, why you guys haven't written a full ass record about Connor McDavid yet, but we'll get to it. We'll get to all of it. Oh, we'll we'll definitely get to that for sure. <laughs> no, and I, I do want to clarify: uh, two hundred forty-seven other people because I bought two copies for myself. Hey, so. there you go. <laughs> yeah. Love you bet, that. You gotta bet on yourself. That's the number Absolutely. one thing I've learned in this industry. So, um, I I, I just have a kind of a question of curiosity. So, um, you guys are on Equal Vision. Did Equal Vision like press the record, or did someone else press it? So we're, we're like actually signed to three different labels. Ah, um, okay. <laughs> one was when, when we got the Equal Vision deal, we got yeah. Rude alongside to kind okay. of help with the European stuff. Got so it. we've been with them for oh, three years now, since be- like before the EP kind of thing came out. Uh, and then over this past year, we actually got, we, we had licensed, like everything was signed everywhere except for Canada. Okay. Uh, and when we had the deal, they very much were open to, hey, yeah, we want you guys to have Canada. Because you're a Canadian band, we want you that like, you guys know the market. There's no reason for us to take a cut of the money when you're the guys doing the work up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they left us alone up here for two years, and we were just like, the EP cycle went well. I mean, the fact that we wrote five songs for two years is incredible. <laughs> uh, but that it all went really well, and we just kind of hit a point where we're like, okay, cool. What's the next step? What's the next logical thing for us to do? And it was yeah. get a Canadian label. So mm-hmm. we signed with uh, New Damage Records up here, who. Mm-hmm. Then the collab was between EVR and New Damage, and the family we have going is incredible. Jacob with New Damage and Steph with EVR yeah. have just like the meetings we're having back and forth, and it, it's all just been really seamless. Um, they came to us and they're like, "Hey, what do you want to do for vinyl?" And like the first record for the EP, we only did one variant, so we never mm-hmm. really thought about like, "Oh, you get to do multiples." And Equal Vision's like, "Well, we want two. And New Damage's like, "Oh, well, if they're getting two, we'll get two. So then nice. all of a sudden, like, I get to play this game of, okay, what do I want to see?" Yeah. Uh, and so we sat down and kind of went over it, and yeah, EVR got the. Uh, my, my wife's been calling it the Funfetti record mm-hmm. because it's kind of that milky clear with yeah. the, the red and green. Yeah, it's and nice um, yeah. this initially it was like the only way to pre-order the blue and black one was through rude records and they only put 25 out so there's like a bunch of people that got it very exclusively nice um and now it's also i'm i'm pretty sure as i say that it's for sale with uh the evr store if not it's through through sale through our store once i get that back up and running cool and new damage got the red and black smash which they limited to 100 and then the Mm. green and clear variant that they did 400 of nice yeah i mean it really is like uh, you know I, i had the opportunity to you'll spin the record on the turntable. It sounds, it sounds great. You know, that's always like a, a, a thing that is, is a little worrisome, like, you know, being like a, a vinyl guy for so long, they always say that like clear variants sometimes like don't sound the best. I mean, you know, of course, like the, the biggest culprit or picture discs, you know, those always sound like, like, like doo-doo, but um, 
but uh yeah i mean when i spun the you know the the variant i have it sounds great uh it's awesome i mean it you know the first time i listened to it i listened to it actually uh through through headphones um right off of apple music but uh on, on on vinyl it sounds just as good if not better a lot of depth but um i i just want to kind of talk about it a little bit because it really is um you know i've listened to it probably three or four times already and, I, and i'm really really digging it um for me uh you know as a as a big fan of like kind of this canadian punk rock meets a little bit of skate punk meets a little bit of like you know techie stuff uh you know it gives me you know and i'm sure you've gotten these comparisons before but you know i hear dagger mouth in there and i hear living with lions in there um, I mean, you guys necessarily aren't as frenetic and fast as the full blast, but like I get some of that like techiness of the full blast in there. So a lot of comparisons to uh, to different Canadian bands. But, you know, I also get like, you know, a little bit of Wilhelm in there and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, the process of uh, coming off of, of, of an EP. Right. And then essentially writing a full length. Um how does how does that kind of work? Because I know you were joking before, like you kind of wrote it, you know, you wrote a five song EP for a while. But um, if you're coming off of an EP as a band, even if it's like your first record, do you feel a lot of pressure, like writing a full length, just being like, man, I hope all these songs hit, you know, where they need to hit kind of deal? Uh, yes and no. I mean, we got very fortunate. And first of all, thank you so much for those comparisons. I was talking to Chase from Living With Lions earlier today because we've done a run with those guys. I'm a huge Comeback Kid fan. So like oh, getting yeah. to hang out with those dudes, it's just it's the same band, just different. Of course. Music, yeah, it's, it's so just different. Sick. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But uh, oh, oh, we also uh, in one of the Niles from uh, Broadside and Point North and Mast and whatever other million projects he's played yeah. in. Uh, <laughs> the only message I got from him about it was he just said children of alexis on fire i'm like yeah yeah that makes sense <laughs> love uh, it <laughs> but yeah no like we got it's awful to say but we were very fortunate in the pandemic with that because mm -hmm. there wasn't any pressure for us like we knew we had time we knew we had the ability because we were initially planning on going to columbus to record the record in mm -hmm. like april of 2020 so right yeah. in peak pandemic the world's shutting down borders are closed so we couldn't so we had to sit and kind of rework our plan Yep. But the label was super understanding with all. So we kind of just took the extra couple of months and sat and worked on the songs a little bit more. And I think when we wound up going into the studio, we had something like 30 or 40 songs. Oh, wow. That they were just like, hey, we want you to make 10. Uh, and we got down to those last 11. And we were just like, we can't we, we can't get rid of any of these. Like, we'll pay the we'll pay the difference for the extra one. Yeah. Just just to have it on there, because everybody has something on this record that we're all really proud of. Mm -hmm. There's. I've talked about it before too. There's songs on this record that like all of us are just like, this is the greatest fucking song we've ever written. And then there's songs on the record that some of us are completely indifferent on. Hmm. And so when we got down to the debate of, you know, what's going to make it and what's not, it kind of stopped being so much of a personal thing is like, we had to understand that there was a reason somebody would want a song on there, even if we mm -hmm. didn't agree with it. And so yeah. it got really awesome. The label was super, super happy and super comfortable with it. And like, we finished recording, in like the end of july of 2020 and we've sat on this record for 14 months oh wow 14 months <laughs> now was that to like wait for touring to start back or it was a mix of a bunch of things like we knew we we didn't want to rush this and put it out being the baby band that we are it didn't make sense for us to put out a record and then a year later still not be able to do anything with it so we wanted to make sure we could get a release show which was very important to us and 
we also felt it was very important to the people that have supported us and our fans and our families just make sure that everybody could celebrate this record properly instead of it just being a hey we're gonna put it up on discord and we'll all hang out it just it doesn't feel as personal as being in the room with people and our families all came out to the show like we got to be face to face and i got to see my parents reaction to what the next level of captains is mm-hmm. um but we also we kind of ran into i don't want to say a problem because it was the greatest problem we could ever had um when i was talking before about the new damage stuff we took the record to them uh after we got it like we recorded we mixed it we mastered it we took it to them we're like we have an album would you like to put it out and they said yes but we want to remix it and so we had a bit of a delay going back and forth and they sent it to like two or three people and got a spec mix done that we were like you know this sounds too radio the drums are really pulled back the vocals are really at the forefront but Tim's a phenomenal drummer. We want to showcase some of what he can do. And yeah. Okay. Well, they're taking like the guitar solo lead is too low. It just doesn't feel like it's a solo. It feels like a bridge. So we, we went back and forth and we wound up actually landing with uh, Caleb Shomo, who a big reason that the record does sound as good as it does on vinyl is Caleb's the kind of guy who appreciates making sure every medium can be heard. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, and so we went to him he cut us an absolutely amazing record mastered and everything we went back to new damage and they said that's what we want to put out nice. so we had this delay of probably eight months uh out of the last 14 that we're just getting the record mixed and ready to go and then like i said we got the date that as soon as we got the approval we went to a to z printing and they said when can we get this by they said october 29th and so we said that's the release day nice yeah. <laughs> and we rolled with it and it, everything worked out well i think we actually we got our copies from new damage on like the 26th okay and then we got our copies from evr on the 29th so like oh yeah it's 6 p.m the doors are at eight for the show my wife had to come back to the from the venue to the house get all the records bring them back to the show and then we got to sell them and people actually got to get them which awesome. was one of the most important things for us is like we don't yeah. want to go into this and we, we did it with the ep we put the vinyl out a year later and mm-hmm. yeah it sold well but just it, it's not part of the celebration without it no, I, I totally agree with that. And, and, you know, we were talking a little bit, you know, before we, we kind of went live with the episode about how, um, <clears throat> excuse me, vinyl collecting is kind of like a scary thing right now because um, it's the medium that a lot of alternative artists want to use because, you know, it, you, you get, you know, a bigger piece of packaging than you do with a CD. Um, you know, you get the fidelity of a record, you know, versus what you might get, you know, on a CD or a digital copy. But, you know, the turnaround times for this stuff are, is, is enormous. You know, I've, um, you know, I've, I've talked about it before. Um, you know, uh, we were, I was just talking about, uh, you know, pure noise records, one of our, our favorite records here on the podcast. They, uh, just, uh, announced, uh, drug church. Great band is putting out a new record. Um, now I don't know if they're holding their release date off until the vinyl is ready. It kind of seems like they are since they have the record slated to come out in, you know, the end of March and it's November now. Uh, so maybe that's something that artists are going to start doing, but, uh, it's a tumultuous time right now for, for vinyl in general. Uh, one of the things I can say though, uh, no sleep kind of announced on their Twitter that they're doing it. Another label that I love is I think what they're going to start doing is they're going to, they're not going to sell vinyl until the vinyl is ready, but what they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, um, you know, charmer just to say charmer is putting out, uh, you know, this, you know, new record on January 14th, 2022. The vinyl won't be ready until August. So if you buy a digital or a CD copy, 
when the vinyl comes out, you'll A, get first crack at it and B, get a discount on it is kind of what they're looking at doing, which I think is like such a great thing. I wish every label would adopt something like that because, you know, the whole idea of giving 25 or $30 and having to wait nine months. I mean, like, yeah, it's kind of cool as like, a, oh, surprise. I just got this record in the mail. But at the same time, it's like, why am I going to put all this money towards something, you know, if I can't have it? So, um, dude, on, on that exact same point, I yeah. ax I've, yeah, and I've spoken of this before. I accidentally <laughs> bought a Data Remembers new record on gold vinyl over a year ago. I still don't have it. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going to get it, but it's just yeah. one of those ones that, like, I, you half feel cheated about it, but then mm -hmm. at the same point, like, I'm, I forget about it for like three months at a time. And then one day it's just going to show up and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I have yeah. this now. I've got, I think, a dozen records that I'm waiting for that just mm -hmm. between pre-orders and shipping delays and everything else that I'm like, I, they're going to be here. But Eventually. sometimes I'm yeah. waiting three, four, five months for it. And it, for it sure. does kind of suck. Yeah. When I was deep in my record collecting, I didn't like pre-ordering wasn't as like delayed as it is now. Oh, yeah. No. But there were times where like I almost bought the same exact record twice because like I pre-ordered it and like. A month or two went by and i like forgot that i pre-ordered it and i almost pre-ordered it again i had to go in like my emails to see like oh wait no i already mm -hmm. bought that record yep yep yeah so, that, and that i'm and sure that's like what... that's definitely gonna happen to a bunch of people especially the, if they're waiting close to a year for them mm -hmm. oh for sure and uh, it's that's why like i said as nerdy as it is my the vinyl spreadsheet that i keep is perfect i every time i update it it automatically sends a copy to my phone so you know if like you know, something pops up on like Discogs or one of those places, I can just be like, oh, did I buy this yet? And I can just cross-reference and make sure because sometimes, you know, you buy the same record and then then what do you do? Oh, dude, <laughs> I, I've wound up getting gifted the same record two or three times. Uh, yeah, and I'm just like, I don't yeah. like, it's great, but it's the same variant. Like, I, yep. I just don't know what to do with those extras. I wound yeah. up giving my dad a copy of uh, Menzinger's After the Party. And I was like, I love this record. You would also love this record. And so and now my he? dad listens. I don't know if he's ever listened to it. I don't know if his turntables are set up. My dad has an extensive collection, like in their basement, in boxes, in a storage room. And I'm like, just put it on a shelf. Just bring it out yeah. and show. Like, it's the thing now. I promise. Mm -hmm. you. So. Oh, yeah, hopefully absolutely. And 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 I mean, like, I could totally understand. Dads should love the Menzingers. I mean, if you love Springsteen and you love you know well, that's my dad man like springsteen i was raised on the boss because of yep it. absolutely actually I, I just picked up at a flea market uh this past weekend uh springsteen and the e street band put out like a five lp live um like anthology um and it's just like literally five records full of just live uh boss tracks from like 1975 and i scooped it for like 10 bucks and i'm really excited that's really awesome. excited to listen to it. Yeah. Love Springsteen. So, um, yeah, I'm like, come in Tom. So thank okay. you, you mentioned your record release show and how you finally got that moment because the last time we had you on, you guys had that moment where you got to open for the offspring, but like, what was this moment? Like being your own, like your own moment, not the offsprings, but yeah. yours, the, the, the days were almost like, run identical like we got there early for our load in um uh, our manager cam uh who's also my boss working with Beartooth, does lighting design and tour managing uh convinced us that hey you know what you want you want to go big band shit let's go big band shit and so we wound up renting uh like a full production floor set from a company in calgary 
uh, and like Luke's dad drove down in our van the night before, loaded everything up at 9 a.m. and drove it to the venue, packed everything in. So we're loading in at two o'clock, bringing in like full production, getting all our gear in, getting all our merch in, getting everything kind of ready. So we had downtime. Uh, we wound up sound checking at like 530 in front of the, the first and only banner this band has had is a 15 by 20 foot backdrop that just says calling all captains on it. And so like we got to bring that in, which was like super cool. And we fortunately, this venue had like a balcony behind the stage that we could tuck the banner behind. So nobody else had to have it because the last the, I, I hate seeing a band when it's got somebody else's backdrop behind it. Yeah. And like we had all our homies playing. I don't want to like take away from them. Like Gutter King are amazing. Dead Friends are dope and Mobina Galore are fantastic. So we didn't want to ruin their stage setup. We wanted to give them all the space and everything that we would get ourselves. So we do all that. But like we're sound checking in front of it. And every time I'm turning around, to like adjust something on my amp. It's the biggest shit grin on my face of just I can see that name up there felt really good and like we got to we, we had a walkout track we played like a hollow note song to get everybody hyped and like killed the lights and the mood just went right and <laughs> it is it is the most professional i've ever felt in my life as a musician uh and like again we finished that set and i went backstage i stone cold a couple beers for myself and like i'm walking out and i'm talking to people and i can't go more than a foot before somebody else is trying to talk to me and like, i never thought that i would have that in edmonton let alone anywhere so it was a really cool and it, it meant something because people actually give a shit about this record, which it's not just the five of us that are really proud. It's not our parents that are stoked. It is every person that was there was singing along and hype and buying merch and crowd surfing and matching and photos and videos. Mm -hmm. and there's people coming out to the show that like Connor, me and Luke haven't seen in 10, 12, 15 years that like we went to junior high and high school with showing up. Yeah. And so like that was that was a moment all in itself. Well, I'm glad that you guys waited and had it. And, you know, I feel like every band that grinds as hard as you guys do deserves that. And, you know, th this is just the start, honestly. So you're going to have many more moments like that. I can guarantee it. I'm, I'm going to keep hoping for it. But I Hell really yeah. appreciate that, boys. Thank you so much. So what is uh, so like kind of, uh, you know, I don't know if you could divulge too much, but, you know, what's on the horizon for calling all captains in terms of uh, you know, tours and all that kind of stuff uh, coming up. What... The, the Friday was it. That was the last thing any of us had planned. Um, oh, wow. we, okay. We're in a really weird situation. We don't have an agent. So I still okay. do all of our booking. Oh, wow. And it, it's one of those opportunities where it's okay. I can sit and I can book like a headliner through Western Canada that we've done a dozen times over mm -hmm. and we're going to have amazing shows. We're going to see a ton of friends. Yep but I don't really know if that gives us growth and I don't know if it's a step in the right direction or if it's just a step horizontal. So sure. it's figuring that one out. Um, I know the game plan is like we all took this week off and next week off just to kind of, we've been going so hard. We all need some time for ourselves and work on our other relationships and our other interests yeah. and just take care of all that. Sure. Uh, so we're all on that. But after that, like Luke and Connor are going straight back to writing LP two. Oh, wow. Like where we sat on this record for a year. There's a whole lot like, we talk about a lot of heavy shit in this one. A lot more has happened. So there's there's content there that we can start tapping into and writing about and celebrating and mourning and being a part of. Yeah. But right now it's, hey, if anybody wants to take captains on tour, let me know. Let's go. We, yeah. we are not against being on the road. Everybody who knows us knows that we've done some ridiculous tours in our day. So are, are we saying maybe come into the States if the offer was on the table? Hey, I've got my visa and I'm ready to go. I don't care where, when, how I'm making it happen. So have you, so since you handle all the booking and still do, 
have you like personally had to take care of all that for the band before? Yep. Like uh, those offspring shows, it was like, I got the phone call for it from somebody in Nashville got my number and was like, Hey, do you want to play these gigs? Uh, Anything like anything that comes across the table, if it's booking in almost any regard, goes straight to me. There was three shows. The guys did while I was gone uh, out with Beartooth. One of which was an email to me. And then one was like a friend of a friend. And the third one was the guy who was putting on our show in Edmonton. So arguably I handled booking for two of those three shows in a different (laughs) country for things I couldn't even play. And it bummed me out, but they did it. They did a good job. Well, I I guess what my question was like handling all those like visas to come over to the States because you guys have played in the States before. So like, what was that process like to do it yourself? it's a nightmare every time I do it. I still get stressed sitting down. Like I have my old application that all I have to do is reference and I can adjust what I need to and send it in. And it's great. But I still like, you know, I've heard horror stories of people getting turned away at the border after their visa was already approved. So like, I worry about that. And it is like, it's a lot of money for us to apply to come down. The last one I did was about $4,500. And I like, we're not at that level that we're making that money back. So that's straight out of our own pocket. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, we all work, we all grind out here doing nine to fives and stuff, but still like putting that much money towards something that could just wind up costing you more at the end of the day is stressful. Uh, I, fortunately, I've never been turned away. There's no reason they would turn me away, but it's just like that haunting feeling in the back of my head and we've been super fortunate that we've had people we can reference and i've had a ton of people uh reach out to me the boys from dear youth right before their last run uh jared messaged me and we went and walked through the entire kind of visa process and they're fortunate because they're only like five hours from the visa office i'm shipping stuff and hoping it gets there in the two days that they promise yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, my last yeah my last one was i got i shipped everything and then my fly-in date changed to a week earlier which meant I had to call the office and be like, hey, can you shred that? I'm sending you another copy. So I don't wind up spending another $4,500. Yeah, seriously. It's, it's, it's really such a, it's such a bummer that um, the states make it so difficult for, you know, bands from Canada to, to get over here. I mean, it's just like, it, I, I don't, I don't really understand it. You know, I mean, like, I don't know what our, our country is thinking like you guys are going to like come here and like steal labor or like, I don't fucking know what they think. (laughs) The only country that there's any issues between for no reason is Canada and America. Uh, When we, when we've done Europe, I don't pay my visas. They usually just like wave me through at the border because I'm not making enough money. Of course. Whereas, you know, the, the capitalist society that is North America is every dollar that is, earned and spent and whatever has to be tracked and everything properly so yeah it i I mean i understand it to a degree i if i was coming down and making like one hundred fifty thousand dollars, yeah okay throw some taxes at me that makes perfect fucking sense of sure yeah but i might make 150 bucks and that's gas money that's going straight back into your economy it's not anything for me yeah of course it's i I don't think you can properly scale it but it just sucks Mm. (laughs) yeah I mean, like it, it does. And, uh, and you know, it's funny because, because of the nature of, of the kind of podcast that we have, we get a lot of, you know, Canadian, you know, Canadian bands and artists and stuff on here. And, and it's, it's a prevailing theme and it, and it sucks. It's like, you know, all of the Canadian, you know, artists that we talk to, they all say the same things, you know, they're a smaller band. It's like, yeah, we want to get 
over to the States, but like we can't afford it. And even bigger bands are like, yeah, going to the States is great, but it's a hassle because of this and that, the other thing. And then of course you've got the added hassle of, you know, the nonsense going on right now where, you know, trailers are getting broken into again. You know, that was something anywhere in any uh, form. It's, oh, that was something that I was really hoping on someone like one of the Facebook pages I'm a member of, you know, like those, uh, the air like, tags. Yeah. The air tags are like the, the little like keychain things that can like find your phone or whatever, or, like your keys, if you lose them, but like putting them like secretly in like crevices of your gear so that if someone does snatch your gear, it's going to just pinpoint exactly where it is. And like yeah. in, in spots where people wouldn't even go to look. Yeah, I, I'm all for that. I'm also a big advocate of sleeping in the van. I was just going to say that. It's almost like, you know, like th- you could do it diplomatically. You know, like if you're on a, you know, call it like a four-week tour, you know, you got, let's say, eight people traveling with you. Let's say five people in your band, merch guy or whatever. Let's say you got an eight-person tour. You pick two people, you know, and those two people on a rotating schedule, two people sleep in the van. You know, the other six people can crash at the house or the hotel or wherever they are and you just rotate. But I mean, it's almost come to the point where like if you're not sleeping in your van, like cuddled up next to like a baseball bat, it's like your shit's going to get stolen. And that's livelihood, man. Like that's like, you know, it's it happens so frequently and it's such a bummer. I mean, it just happened to um, Capstan. Capstan, yeah. And Cap Capstan story is incredible. To be in a gated parking lot and have that happen is absolutely absurd to me. It's crazy. Like those those are the few places you should be able to feel safe. But at this yep. point, it's you know you can't leave anything in the vehicle. We've had some days where we haven't been able to find a house. We've all been absolutely bagged, and we have loaded in our full backline and all our gear into a hotel room out of just straight safety for yeah. like our year because i have no problem you bust a fucking lock i'm gonna go and buy another 25 dollar lock whatever yeah but as soon as you know we've we've got amps cabs guitars drums our merch like yep. everything we need to survive and like come on let's be real stealing merch is not beneficial to anybody Nobody. what are you what are you doing you're gonna sell a local band's 20 dollar t-shirt yeah on right? the street like no and you're not buying mm-hmm. nobody's buying that shit people yep. aren't buying it at the show anyway why what do you think you're getting out of it come <laughs> yeah on. right it's, and, and, and that's, it's just such a shitty thing. And it's like, you know, I know it seems like a, like a cash cow for all of these maniacs that are out here trying to just grab gear and do whatever with it. But, you know, it, it's, it, it's almost like, you know, it, it could like deter a, a band who's like on the edge, right? Like, you know, if you're kind of one of those smaller bands that hasn't flipped over to where, you know, you're, your guarantee gets you through and even get you gas money. You might think twice. You might be like, well, I want to get on the road, but like, you know, everything I own is in this fucking van, you know, like if I lose this, like, I'm, you know, going back to the grocery store and giving up this whole, you know, bullshit music thing sucks that that has to be, that has to be a a prevailing thought, man. No fun. That in the visa situation, I feel are push come to shove. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate, but I know and have known way too many people in any form of the industry that as soon as those kind of limits start pushing them down, they're breaking and they're out. And I unfortunately, I do think it's better off in that way, because then you're not getting this oversaturation of people who don't give a fuck. 
Mm-hmm. You're not getting these people in here that are only doing it for money. You're getting people that are going to be the ones that survive are the ones that are passionate about it. Yep. And fortunately, I've got four dudes in my corner that are all willing to do the exact same thing. We've, I mean, we've flown some people in from Canada that don't usually pay their visa. And we just pick them up on the other side of the border to do photo work or whatever. Sure. Which again, it's one of those, they're not part of the band. We're paying them to be here. They shouldn't have to pay to be on that tour. So Agreed. yeah. I, I understand a lot of aspects of that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's unfortunate. I think it needs to happen. I think it does call the hurt a little bit, uh, which is part of everything that kind of needed to happen with it, especially coming out of the pandemic. How many people just are giving up because they're like, oh, I couldn't just mooch off bands for two years and book shitty local shows and take money. No, they can't do that. So they're gone. No. So yeah. now you get people who actually give a fuck that are around. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Touche. I guess, does that count for us, Tom? We're still around. Yeah, we're still doing some stuff. (laughs) Yeah, y'all still give a shit. You like hockey. You like good beer. You like good bands. Let's get it going. Yeah, so you know what? I'm still trying to figure out what your shirt says, Tom. What the hell is that? Pain. Pain maker. It's a Chris Jericho shirt. Oh, Winnipeg represent. Yep. Why I don't know. Yeah, this this Stampede Wrestling for you. Yep, Stampede Wrestling. That's that's, that's a Calgary thing, man. Yes, sir. And, um, well, we could tell. Well, I'll, I'll spare Mikey because I can already see the pain in his face. But so this is probably a good a time as any uh, to start talking about uh, some hockey. But before we do that, uh, got a message from uh, the main man, uh, the macho man, Randy Savage. And he's going to tell you a little bit about our sponsor. Uh, our sponsor, of course, is DraftKings, the very awesome, very wonderful DraftKings Sportsbook. So I'll uh, let Mach come in here and... Uh, Tell you a little bit about uh, what's going on. So, uh, yeah, you know, the NHL season is underway in DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh-huh, yeah. They're an official sports betting partner of the NHL, yeah. Uh, they have an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game. They can win a hundred dollars oh yeah in free bets yeah if either team scores a goal it doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection yeah however they light the lamp oh you win and if sportsbook isn't available in your state yet DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Oh, no. Everyone can play for huge cast prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Yeah. So, Miss Elizabeth... Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Yeah, that's THPN. You throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with the Macho Man and promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah! Official sports betting partner, the NHL. Are you snapping to it? You must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Only new customers apply. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. Yeah. One per customer. Yeah. And restrictions apply. So see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for 
details yeah gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER the cream of the crop yeah and, that was uh, incredible that was uh that was macho man and uh so he was here he's gone now i don't know where he went i kept doing this this holding the cream from his like promo the where promo. he just holds the cream all the time Mikey, you just got to do yourself a favor and watch it. He literally is with Mean Gene Okerlund, who you know who he is, even if you don't like wrestling. And he's literally talking about how he's the cream of the crop. And he just keeps pulling out little half and halves. And he keeps talking about how he's the cream of the crop. The cream is he still alive? The cream no, he's to the top. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead, unfortunately. He had a heart attack and he died. I mean, what would you expect? I mean, the man did so many drugs. He did so much coke and roids and. He's gone, but he was, it was great when he was around. He's great. And little known. Well, no, I shouldn't say little known fact. A lot of people know that he was bone saw in the Spider-Man uh, franchise, at least the original Spider-Man franchise, Spider-Man one or two. He, I forget he got his ass beat by Tobey Maguire. He did. Sure did. Figured that one out. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Go back and watch it, man. Go back and watch it. So the NHL, let's talk. Let's chat about it. So, Let's first, celebrate it while we're at it. Jesus. Oh, absolutely, man. First things first, um, you know, great season underway thus far. Uh, a lot of really interesting things happening around the league. A lot of um, a lot of different teams starting to kind of come up and show, uh, you know, that they are able to be contenders. You know, I mean, the Minnesota Wild, they're kind of popping up as one of the, as, I mean, as right now, one of the teams to beat in the West, but your your Oilers are 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 hanging tough, man. They really are. It's a long time coming uh, to see kind of a series or not a series, but like a season go this hard that fast for us. Like, yeah, to sit nine and two to be top of the Pacific mm-hmm. after the last few years we had, I didn't think this was possible. And I think it's what the only team higher than us in the league is the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. So like, I, I'll take it. I'll be best in the West. Any day of the week, mm-hmm. and like it's gonna be awesome. Uh, real quick, shout out to Cam Dot from Never Love for being the number one team. I hate <laughs> your cats, but I'm proud of you, buddy. Uh, he's he's like killing it on the second leg of that Armor for Sleep tour, right? Yep. Is that still going on? I think it's like the fifth leg of it because they've yeah. been just been like fly in, have a week off, fly in, have a week off, and so <laughs> they've been having a good time with that. Yeah, they've been they've been able to to live the lavish life. Mr. Yep. Ben Jor- Mr. Ben Jorgensen of Armor for Sleep, just like, hey, man, I wrote like two records. Well, three to the people like th- well, that other one. Nobody cares about, but he's doing it. But good for him, man. But, yo, it's it's uh, it's really cool because, uh, you know, I, I don't get an opportunity very often to watch a lot of the stuff out on the West Coast just because it's late. But, um, you know, I. I've had the the fortune of being able to like on lunch breaks, just cause I have uh, in my office, I've got some hockey fans to just throw on, um, you know, kind of like clip shows and stuff and watch. And uh, man, the, the stuff they're doing is, is, is pretty intense. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a hell of a formula going in terms of what they're able to, to cultivate on the ice. So I could definitely see how you'd be happy with that. But so I guess, looking forward because you know lots more of the season going i mean we got another 70 games to play um keys to success you know to the continued success of the oilers uh you know if you could just pick a couple bullet points what do you think is going to keep them uh at that pinnacle of success out in the west 
biggest thing is going to be staying healthy. I mean, our goaltending situation has been questionable, but fortunately between Skinner, Koskinen, and Smith, when they're playing good, they're playing good. Mm-hmm. The downside to them, Smith's health has always been an issue. He was doing really good at the start of the year, out for a little bit. Koskinen unfortunately stepped up, and like Skinner did a good job last night. He let in a few questionable ones, but like, hey, I, sometimes you have an off day. I'll take it. If this continues, I think there's going to be a problem. Um, second thing would be like the boys have been firing on all engines. You look at McDavid's goal against the Rangers. Oh yeah. Nobody in the league should be able to do that to four defenders, but the King went out and did it. That's, that's him hanging up in like a Renaissance painting in the corner. So like <laughs> Jesus is in every room of this house. It's just Connor McDavid. Um, yeah. but I mean like th- those are like been two of the biggest things to have the top two players in the league with Dreisaitl and McDavid on the same team, just firing. Fortunately, in each of my fantasy leagues, I have one of them. So, like, I'm looking pretty all right. Uh, but, like, th- those would be the two key things. Keep capitalizing on the power play. Teams keep taking stupid ones against them because they can't stop them. So, keep rolling with it. So, what's that called? A power play? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm not the, sure. Islanders have, the Islanders haven't had one of those in, like, 15 years. Nope. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, the upside, we've got the same color jerseys. So if it ever switches and you guys want to come west, <laughs> just wear the same shit. We're fine. Dude, our schedule is so weird this year. Like, first of all, the Islanders still have not played a home game and yep. don't for another 10 days. Is it actually mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah, dude. So they have not played a home game at all because the arena is not done yet. Yeah. And there's just been like, four or five days off in between each of their games. Yep. It's been awful as a fan. I'm sure it's not bad for them. Like that means that you get to go home in between these like road trips, but mm-hmm. for a fan having four or five nights with no hockey, I'm like losing it. And I'm like, I still have to wait one more night for another freaking game. Well, it's I mean, crazy. That's just gonna bite him in the ass at the tail end of the season. Like, how how many days are you guys gonna be going like four straight, just yeah. to balance it out? Yeah, they they do have a a nice home stretch though. So they do. Yeah, they that that could definitely benefit them at the end of the season, having that home stretch. But Hopefully. you know, actually, you know, some teams do better on the road just because, uh, you know, it's they get to have like their normal pre-game routine where at home you know a lot of these guys have kids now so they have to do like the family thing but when they're on the road they can just take their pre-game nap they could get their pre-game meal in and yep, yep. And, and really get in the zone where at home they can't always do that yeah <laughs> yep i definitely i miss my pre-game routine too man like i got to do it once for the first time in two years Everything felt right again, and then I woke up on Saturday and realized why I don't do that anymore. Touche. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, I wouldn't know the music side, but if I went out there today and tried playing hockey and didn't like do some pregame like routine, I'd be hurting for probably a month. I mean, I grew up playing hockey and football, so, like, my mentality is always a show is a game, and so I kind of switch back and forth, and I always, like, I take my 15 minutes, I walk around, I stretch, I make sure I have something about, like, two hours before I go on, so I know I've got something in the tank, but it's not anything too heavy to, like, weigh me down, because, I man, I like to fly when I'm on that stage, 
So mm-hmm. if if I'm eating, like we sat down and uh, there's a restaurant below the venue, and like the the sandwich that I ordered came and I had I, like a third of it, and I was like, if I keep eating, I'm gonna puke on stage. And like, we don't play <laughs> till like eleven, and I'm like, I know. <laughs> it, I just I knew I kind of know my balance, uh, and it was great because like I think now that we kind of are at that level, like Brad bought me tickets for my birthday. Uh, and we had like row 15 right behind the Oilers bench uh, against nice. the Canucks in the preseason. So like amazing seats. My wife had never been to an Oilers game, let alone, I think, an NHL game before. Oh, wow. So okay. it was it was really cool to get her out to that. Um, again, she's from Philly. She's a Blackhawks fan, but she likes gritty. She grew yeah. up in Minnesota. So like everything, her dynamic is bizarre. Uh, yeah. But like, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, so like we, we kind of start getting a little more into sports. So when it's on TV, I can kind of talk about it with them. Uh, and we got to actually get like the five of us together before because usually we're running around panic trying to start our set. Uh, but we had time this time. So like we all got like, the hands in and pretty much did a hockey chant to get us ready. Uh, nice. And our show happened to be the same night as the Oilers Rangers game. So during our set, a bunch of people are coming in in jerseys. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Ha- halfway through our set like we had a break between songs and i just lean into the mic and go let's go oilers and everybody just lost it so like there you go edmonton's one of those cool places that there's such a dynamic with music and sports that everybody knows what's going on all the time whether you're the jock whether you're the punk mm-hmm. you know what's up and you're willing to cheer for both sides it's cool so i guess have you start did you send the record to the oilers yet no uh, i don't know if they'll like it there's one track that they might get into, but like this year, we're just we're gonna ride La Bamba, we're gonna Joey Moss it for a season, and then we'll uh, <laughs> maybe next year we'll start talking a little bit more about it. I think that's it because Cameron was say, from Never Loved was saying like when he negotiated his deal with Equal Vision, he like kept hinting that he loved Armor for Sleep, and look what happened. So <laughs> it seems like equal vision can make things happen so i think you should just keep like <laughs> like just like on on all your emails just say like let's go oilers at the bottom and you're like your signature or and like so they slowly get the hint figure it out that'd be, that'd be out. the one <laughs> hell yeah it's the next goal song next season collapse by calling all captains just a drum <laughs> roll we're good that's it I'll take God, my royalty. I, I feel like there's a handful that could definitely be played in an arena at oh, certain points. For sure. Absolutely. Definitely. Hell yeah. So, you know, you, you talked about um, your like pregame like routine that you do on stage. Now, when I listen to your vocalist, I get like the polar bear club vibe. And you, you know how notoriously he had like vocal issues later on where like he had to change his style of singing. So like, has, has that ever come into like be a problem where, because he, it, it, the way he sings is so different than anyone else in this scene where like, he must be putting a ton of strain on his, on his vocal cords that like, if he's not prepping the certain way, like has, has that ever come up? I mean, we always kind of talk and worry about it between, you know, the bit of weed that he's smoking before a show and <laughs> everything else. But like we went in and tracked the record and like the, some of these songs are hard to sing even for somebody trained like that. Yeah. Uh, and he jumped in and like, he was drinking Fago. He was eating pizza. He was ripping a bong. Like he was, I wouldn't say taking care of his voice. Uh, <laughs> and like, he's just been doing it for long enough. He's kind of learned his way to be in control and he's not so much from his throat as he is very guttural with it. And so it is proper 
uh, as close as you can be without like somebody physically in there showing you how to do it. So he's got longevity to it. Uh, and I think like the more the concern is uh, him. So Luke, Connor and Brad, I do some vocals, but like I just yell. I don't really have to be like on pitch all the time. Mm. Uh, so I don't really do vocal warmups. I'm more stretching my body out and getting yeah. my like my blood flowing and feeling good. Those guys are sitting in a car with headphones in humming vocal warm-ups, singing a little bit, getting themselves ready. So they're mm-hmm. they're really good at taking care of it because they are worried about, you know, 10, 15 years down the line having actual damage to themselves that they can't recover from. Yeah, of course. No, I mean it's a it's a it's a really it's a real thing. But you know, it's funny because some people um can just do this for their whole lives and like and never really experience that. Like the you know the story of um of um uh, oh my God, I can't think of his first name from Polar Bear Club, but nonetheless, uh, Jimmy from Polar Bear Club. Uh, it's a sad story, you know, because he, um, you know, he was pushing that kind of sound out of his throat and it, yeah, it just caught up to him. But I mean, like you think of like, you know, vocalists that are in like the hardcore metal space that just like yell constantly, like, you know, like a guy like, um, I mean, maybe they're kind of towards like the wind down portion of their career of like, you know, going on tour 250 days. But I mean, like you think of, uh, you know, Jacob from converge or like, um, you know, you know, Scott from terror, like any of these guys who have just literally been in a, you know, in a hardcore band for 20 years and have been able to do that, you know, it, and, and I, you know, and I know like a guy like Jacob Bannon, like, you know, he's very vocal about it. He's, you know, he takes care of his voice, you know, and, and, and you know, between the stuff he puts in his body, I'm pretty sure he is, uh, I think he's vegan and not sure what he does about like, you know, drugs or drinking. I don't know if he's straight edge or whatever, but you know, he, some people really, you know, when you get to that point in your career, you realize like, okay, this is my livelihood. Um, you know, I have to do what I need to do to make sure that I can, you know, do what I do and still, you know, make money and support my family and stuff. So, um, hope nothing wild ever happens, you know, cause I, I, I love the way, I love the way he's singing and I love his voice and I, I, I you know, it's just great shit. Um, but I, I just, uh, to stay a little bit on course with, with hockey talk. Um, so you guys, um, you know, it, would you say everyone in the band is uh, like at least a little bit of a hockey fan or, or not necessarily? I would say they're Oilers fans, not necessarily hockey fans. And that's more of a, we came up here, like it's our team. It's our, Got it. th- this is our vibe. Um, we talk like, I- I'm a sports guy through and through. And so like on Sundays, I go and watch football with a bunch of dudes that came up in the music scene here or, mm-hmm. or in the bar industry here. And like, we sit and talk and like, same thing with wrestling. Um, yeah. The guy who runs, runs, owns one of the bars here. Um, his, girlfriend does amateur wrestling oh wow indie stuff and so like we go out and we watch that Mm -hmm. once twice a a month and hang out and so i'm very ingrained in that culture um luke and connor they'll say goilers brad and i'll go to a game every now and then tim Mm -hmm. grew up playing like soccer so like we all kind of understand sports but it's very much being from edmonton you are an oilers fan through and through even if Mm -hmm. you're not a hockey fan no i i and that makes sense you know because um now, as far as like, I guess, other professional sports, right? Because, you know, in America, I think a lot of us are really spoiled because, you know, New York, right? I mean, let's you know talk about New York. I mean, you've got multiple teams in each of the four big sports that you could choose to 
have like fandom for. So I guess like, so uh, you were talking about football, um, American football, correct? Yes. I, okay. I mean, C- CFL and NFL. So, okay. So for the NFL, like are what, what do you have a particular team allegiance? Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Interesting. Now, I, is there... when I started playing high school football, uh, Chad Johnson, uh, Chad Ochocinco and Terrell Owens were the, were the receiving core for Cincinnati. So yep. I got into it in almost the sports entertainment side of things. Of I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, these guys are really good to watch. That's my position. Yep. This is what I want to be. So like, mm-hmm. I kind of lean that way with it for them. Um, I'm a San Diego Padres fan because the first major league baseball game I ever saw was a Padres game. And I was just like, I guess this is, this is my team. I'm for right. it. Awesome. I mean, yeah. Padres, you know, Kirby Puck. No, that's that the twins. Who's on the Padres? What's his name? I can't think of his name. I'm Lord, bad at I could, this. Oh, I couldn't tell you a single player for the team. That's, <laughs> that's my team. I'll cheer for like the Braves in the World Series because um, Seth from Wage War is a, a Braves fan and we just did okay. a tour with them. So like, there you go. Yeah, I, I'm very versatile in baseball. Um, basketball, I'm a Cavs fan. Um, I got into the Cavs after LeBron had left, but I just okay. really like I really liked their third jersey. So because it was the Oilers color. So I was like, yeah. that's that's my move. Let's go for it. Love that, man. There you go. It's, I mean, you know, it, it's it, it's tough because we you know, we've talked about it with a lot of the Canadian artists that we've had on uh, that, uh, you know, hockey just t- has a different it's it just it's different in Canada versus the way it is in the States. It just is. It's just like, um, you know, talking all the time about you know, how difficult it is to get into a game in Toronto or Montreal. It's just like, it's not like that in the States. It's just like really hockey is still, you know, kind of sitting on the, you know, on the, on the first step, whereas, you know, all the other organizations are, are, are making their climb. But um, so like, as far as the, um, the real like kind of ravenousness of like fans in Edmonton, like, can you just because you know I, we don't get an opportunity to talk about it much? Like, what is the fan base like? Like, are they like? Do you have like your old heads that are like oh, I remember Gretzky and Messier, and like then like against like your newer heads, or like is the passion there from front to back? Is it like the older generation versus the newer generation, or is everyone kind of just rolling together? Everybody here bleeds blue and orange. There's no like the way I can kind of explain it into a music sense of things mm-hmm. is Edmonton fans are a mosh pit. Okay. It doesn't matter who you're at the show to see. If mm-hmm. you fall down, they're picking you up. We'll sit and we'll boo and we'll jeer each other and chirp and do what we need to. Like, I remember going to a game. Oh, what would this have been like 2017, 2018. It was like the first year we had Rogers arena open. It was the St. Patty's day game. It was Edmonton versus Boston. They were serving green beers, which was great. It was like two days before I'd left on tour. Um, but me, my dad, and my sister went to the game. And sitting right next to us were Boston fans. And it was a guy, his wife, and his daughter. And I wound up sitting right next to the dad because my sister wanted to sit next to my dad. I wanted to sit mm-hmm. next to my dad. So he sat in the middle. Mm-hmm. This guy's on the edge, daughter, wife. We got up. And like him and me were on each other, like just going for it back and forth. We get up at the end of the first period, go and grab a refill. And I come back and my sister's like, you're not sitting next to him again. So she sits on the inside with it. Then my dad, then me, his (laughs) family did the exact same thing. Like they separated (laughs) us, which just made us yell louder, which was awesome. Of course. Second, second intermission hits, go up for a refill. And we actually both wound up buying each other a beer. Mm -hmm. Cause it's, we're going to be toxic and we're going to like chirp each other. But at the end of the day, we're hockey fans. And we're like, 
I don't care what team you cheer for. I don't care what jersey you're wearing. If you're having a good time, I'm having a good time. And it's great. And it's the same thing for our older and younger generations here. Like, they'll be the kids that'll be lippy and whatever. And end of the mm-hmm. day, they're going to have respect for you when you chirp them back. Yeah. I wish I wish the um, <laughs> I wish it was that way for Islanders and Rangers fans. But uh, I don't think that, any Rangers fan has ever bought me a beer. No. Uh, one had, of my best friends is a Flames fan. And, like, him and me will be texting each other during the Battle of Alberta and just being, like, relentlessly mean. <laughs> and then the next day, we're sharing each other's music on Instagram. Like, it's that's just how it works for us. Love it. Now, you know, when we've talked to bands that are from, like, the Toronto area, not all of them are Leafs fans. Like, they do just, like, randomly pick teams. Is it like that in Edmonton as well? Or, like, you you really feel like if you are in the city of Edmonton, like, that's your team? I think that's one of your top two. I know a lot of people that they have a secondary team that they'll cheer for. And the only time it becomes an issue is when it's like uh, Blackhawks, Oilers. I've got friends that are going to cheer Blackhawks over Oilers. But the other teams they're ever playing, Oilers all the way. No question about it. And those are things like, you know, I like Sidney Crosby, so I'm going to be a Pens fan. I like Taves, so I'm going to be a Hawks fan. Like, I, I like the Kraken. I think those jerseys are dope. I think their roster is something cool. I'm a big Jordan Eberle guy. So, like, I like the Kraken because of that. But if they play any team outside the Oilers, I'll cheer for it. They play the Oilers, they can go to hell. <laughs> he just had their first ever hat trick, right? My uh, my wife's best friend's name That's, is yeah. Jordan Eberly. Different, really? Like, like, she's a woman. She lives in Philly. Not even close to the same person, but her name is Jordan Eberly. So it's just it's one of those ones. Like, okay, we're got to get that jersey. Like, it's hey, cracking you like abs. It's great. That makes it easier for you instead of you having to pay like the custom like price to get. <laughs> your your customization done like you well, can that's just... that Oilers jersey we used in the promo says Malachuk on the back of it and I think I've had it since like the eleventh grade that I had a girlfriend buy it for me for Christmas I'm like it's a three hundred and fifty dollar present and we're sixteen yeah, yeah. Well, it sure. still fits I ain't complaining there you go <laughs> love that yeah the New Jersey's man I don't even like the New Jersey's how they fit they're all like slim fit not a fan. I'm a fat kid, so like I don't need slim fit. I need baggy. Yeah, they they're definitely like I and even the authentic ones where you know that those are technically the ones that the players wear. I'm like, how the hell are their pads fitting under these things? Like these are snug. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I think they need to bring back those Reebok Edge ones that were a little. Uh, oh, those are so nice. Yeah, a little friendly for the thicker friends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I also just want them to bring back the oil drop logo for the Oilers. It's fucking so sick. Do you I mean, like that one? I, I, it's like when I came up, I remember we had Tommy Sallow and um, oh, fuck, I can't remember who our backup was. Like running with Brian Smith and like we had probably one of the most notorious rosters we've ever had at that point in the modern era. And we had those jerseys and I'm like, oh, those are sick. My, uh, my third grade teacher was Chris Osgood's mom. So the old, the old Detroit goalie. So he came in with the cup because that was oh, the year they, they won. And you mean Islander great? He was Detroit. on the Islanders for a year. He won sure the cup was. with Detroit. Like <laughs> that's where I'm referencing here. Um, but yeah, he like he he rolled through with the cup. It was the year they wound up winning. But that was the same year that we had the oil drop logo. And so my dad, the morning of, was just like, "You should wear your salad jersey today." Like he knew the cup was coming. So there's a photo somewhere. I'm pretty sure of me 
in an Oilers jersey with a sallow on the back with Chris Osgood and the Stanley Cup. Dude, that's crazy. I, I feel like we were talking to like Grant from Cut- Gutter King, where like he was saying Jerome McGinley's mom was like his teacher or something. Yeah, like. he was. Yep. Yeah, yeah. My my parents have in their basement an autographed uh, St. Albert minor hockey Jerome McGinley jersey because he grew up in my hometown, and he just like he still has a house there. He came back and he was signing some stuff, and wound up getting auctioned off that they won in a raffle. It's uh, a bunch of stuff like that. They've got. Um, I think in a shadow box in my parents' basement, there's a Humboldt Broncos jersey that after the bus crash and everything, because a bunch of those kids were from St. Albert. They were kids yeah. I've done photos of. My mom knows the families. We somehow, again, in a raffle to kind of benefit everything from that, won one of those jerseys that's signed by guys on the team. So it's it's one of those, like, being around here and being such a hockey community, it just, there's no way you're not related to it in some way, shape, or form. And Grant from Gutter King being three hours south of here, it's the same kind of relationship. Like, I know I went to high school with a couple kids that, well, I think Travis is playing in Europe right now, but Travis Awanek, who was drafted by the Oilers and played in Ottawa and whatever, and Colton Pareko for the Blues. Like, I grew up with those guys, so it's incredible to see them doing what they do. And it's really funny because I'll shit talk Colton when he has a bad game because he's he's in my fantasy. I can't not draft the guy that I went to high school with. Like, we're friends. I'm going to – he'll always be my last pick if he's available, but I'll get him on the team. <laughs> uh, but, like, we go back and forth on that, and he talks to me about the band and – so like when it, when we're in St. Louis, we have a place because he's willing to put us up because he's just that nice of a guy too. So you're always related to somebody when you're from Alberta. Somebody you know is in the league. <laughs> you know, I'm 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 just noticing something while while we were chatting. I was doing like a little little experiment here, uh, just out of like sheer curiosity. So I I I popped in like all seven of the Canadian NHL teams, right? So. Um, technically Edmonton is like the furthest North, right? Cause like most oh, yeah. of, you know, the other teams just kind of like sit there and almost kind of hug the border. I mean, I guess with the exception of like eh, Calgary is a little bit up there, but like for the most part, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Winnipeg, they're just kind of like hugging the, hugging the U S border. But the crazy thing is when you like zoom out on this, there is so much more Canada, like, it's insane yeah. to think that like all of the professional teams really hover around like where they are. And like, there's so much more North, like I, it, it like blows my mind now. Like granted, I'm not, you know, I'm not super familiar with like all of the geography of Canada, but I know like when you get up into like, you know, the Yukon and Northwest territories, like a lot of that is like still kind of underdeveloped. It's a lot of like, like, you know, forest and mountain and all that kind of stuff, right? Yes, sir. So, like, I wonder, like, if there would ever be, like, maybe, I mean, this is probably, I just don't know this answer, but, like, I wonder, like, even in, like, you know, like the AHL or or, or anything like that, like, what is the furthest north there is any hockey team, like, at all? Uh, I know Alaska's got a league of their own, I'm pretty sure, up there, and that's... okay. That's up there. Like, yeah. yeah, there's some stuff. And, like, there's definitely a bunch of leagues, like, up in the North Oaks Territories and the Yukon and in none of it. But, like, mm-hmm. it's not anything that, like, is drawing a crowd. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. Edmonton is up there severely, but it's also, like, where is it? I'm, I'm, I brought up Google Maps, too, so I can see this. Um, there's, like, not a lot of places more northern than us with over a million people. Like, where mm-hmm. I think a top five or something like that. 
uh, but every other place is in like Russia or like yeah. Finland or something. Like we are, we are so far up there. Here it is. Like we're Edmonton itself is pretty much all above the United Kingdom. So Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Russia, and then like the weird countries that <laughs> yeah. nobody knows. Nobody knows what they are. Yep, are like the only other ones that would have population bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's still no snow, so I'm calling it a fucking win this year, boys. <laughs> Dude, that definitely is, man. But I just, I you know, it, it little little things like that, like just kind of kind of realizing the enormity of of Canada and just seeing where everything lies. It's, it's, it's eye opening. It's very eye opening. It's also the reason we don't get tours ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say like, it, that sucks. I mean, it's just like, you know, when like, will like Edmonton ever get like something or is it like so infrequently? We, we get a bunch. And I feel like the big thing is there's always been like an ebb and flow of years. Like we'll mm-hmm. have years that it's every other weekend. There's, banger shows that you're literally trying to decide okay do i go to this do i go to this do we go to that like Mm -hmm. figure it out or then we get the years where it's we get one show a month and you're like begging to buy a ticket off somebody because it's sold out in 10 minutes like i know uh kind of a controversial band to talk about right now but all time low just played here last week Mm -hmm. uh and the show was sold out they actually wound up having to upgrade the venue because it sold so fast they moved to another one and sold an extra couple hundred tickets on top of it uh, and then, like in February, we get—I think it's Billy Talents coming on tour, Offspring's coming on tour, nice. Um, Shinedown's on tour, and then there's somebody else. And it's literally like week after week after week after week, they all just go I love on. That. So it's great. I'm like that's awesome. But between now and February, there might be one show worth going to, kind of thing. Yeah, got it. That, that's that's rough, man. That definitely is rough. But so, like, um, if you're like. Where do you typically like if you're like, oh, big tours come in? Oh, shit, they're not coming to Edmonton. Like, where do you essentially have to go? Like, are you like, you got to go? Does it come to Calgary or like Vancouver? If it comes to Vancouver. Calgary, it comes to Edmonton because it's okay. There's, there's only three hours between us and Calgary. So if they come to one, they might as well do both. Okay. They get both markets and they get double the income, and there's no off day in between. But got if it. they're coming up and they did like, I don't know, Winnipeg, Saskatoon. Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. And Vancouver's the one that is almost always a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Regina, Saskatoon, Winnipeg, and pretty much anything on Northern Ontario just doesn't exist to the touring world. Yeah. It sucks, but it also is beneficial because then when shit does come here, it goes off. Like Edmonton is just so pent up all the time that when we get a show, it's going to sell out and it's going to be an absolutely bonkers night. I remember seeing Blink-182 on the reunion tour in an arena. And as soon as the lights went off and they started their intro track and the lights came back on, there was 500 people just flooding over the boards in the oh rink God. just to get onto the floor. Cause like security couldn't stop that many people. Of course. Oh, and yeah. everybody was like, this is it. And a like, don't, you know, usually when you see a show in an arena, there's enough buffer at the back for there to be space and everything that was gone. It was just a sea of humans and you could crowd surf down the stairs onto the floor and to the edge of the stage and nobody would drop you. I love that. That's, yeah. that's, I've never that's... been to an arena rock show. Really? You miss it. You're missing it. out. Like the the more, most arena show I've been to, Tom, is at, at Jones Beach. Oh, that's... and that's like that's like an amphitheater. So like yeah. that's you know cl- not really close. Like you know arena shows are something else, man. Like you know like seeing Springsteen at Giant Stadium or like Billy Joel at Shea was like 
a whole something else, man. It was really, really something else. But um, on that note, I guess we've been chatting for about an hour. So um, we will, uh, we'll do a little rapidity rap here. So um, if you could just do us a quick favor, Nick, uh, let everyone who's checking us out know where we can find calling all captains, your socials, all that fancy stuff. If you want to lay it on us, please liquid death, shout out liquid death. Man, I've got way too much of this shit. It is awesome. Oh, it's so good. We, we wound up striking a deal with them, and then they hit us up, and they're like, hey, just so you know, we got a few extra pallets we're just going to send you. Incredible. Not bad I there. love that. I'm, I'm about to evict my roommate and just use his room as storage for <laughs> liquid death. Smart like, I, I feel like I got about a month in like recycling fees to like pay off his rent, <laughs> and then I'm going to have to fix it. Um <laughs> But let's let's strike that back to where we were. Uh, yeah, Nick from Colonial Captains. You can listen to our new record anywhere that you stream or steal music. It's called Slowly Getting Better. It's out on Equal Vision and New Damage and Rude Records. It fucking slaps if I do say so myself. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it is you use at Calling All Captains. Uh, except Twitter is Calling All CPTNS because they wouldn't let us put the whole band name in. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like that that's kind of our bit. If you ever want to find me, it's Nick Calling All Captains on everything. Uh I sometimes am active, sometimes I go months without things. I dude, I did a <laughs> I did a year on Instagram without making a post. That's that was, impressive. That, that was weird cuz I came back and I was like that's right, this thing exists. <laughs> yeah, man, I my I think I would say my uh my like personal Instagram, like I barely touch it at this this point, but the um the bar down when we we definitely do but uh um i'm gonna tell you right now uh being that this episode is gonna drop uh what next tuesday yes tom uh, every but, every tuesday we've only been doing that for like two years but uh, uh we we do a bar down vinyl sunday or i should say i do it where i uh i throw a record on my turntable and i make a post about it so uh calling all captains will get sundays i promise you that uh and yeah I love it. I love the new record. I am stoked on it. I'm really excited for you guys to eventually come to the States and make your way down to swampy Florida so I can have a beer with you and listen to these songs live. Really pumped on it, but all the best to you guys. Record's great. All the best, uh, you know, on starting to create the new record, but can't wait to see you guys. Can't wait to enjoy this music live. Um, Stoked for your Oilers, you know, it would just be a battle of the blue and orange maybe at the, at the end of the year. If only uh, at this rate, I don't know, but that's another bring it back to the eighties. Right. Yeah. Right. It's another story okay. for another day. I'm looking at it right now. I, I we play you guys new year's day. Woo! All right. So, okay. There's going to be some shit talking happening for sure. Love it. Yeah. Love it. What time I'm, is that game? Uh, it's noon my time. So like two year guys. Oh, all right. Maybe we um, can, I don't know. We, we'll have to see. I'm still going to be like up drunk from the night before. So it'll be (laughs) vulgar. I promise that vulgar vulgar works for us for sure. Nick, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to be on here with us. Really appreciate you. And uh, you have a great rest of your night. Super stoked. And again, slowly getting better uh, everywhere that you like to listen to music, Apple music, Spotify, wherever you get it. I know there's some copies left of it. So don't be a dummy. If you have a record player buy this record, Play it on your record player. Trust me, you'll you'll enjoy it. On that note, all right, Nick. Thanks, brother. We'll be in touch. Glad Take to be care. here, boys. Take care. You bet you, man. Have a thanks, good man. One.
The color of my head is here Walking tall like you're so high in the stratosphere 